I want to tell you about No House Advantage, which is taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across all of the different sports for cash. This is an awesome new fantasy sports platform that's leveling the playing field and making it easier to win than traditional fantasy sports apps. Those can be kind of tricky, kind of, kind of a pain in the ass. Download the No House Advantage app and check out all the daily player prop contests without having to make a single deposit play a public guaranteed cash prize pool contest or create your own uh, contest to play with your friends. Use promo code EDGE, that's EDGE, when signing up and they will match your first deposit up to $20 in free play. And here's the deal. If your first deposit is at least 10 bucks, you're gonna get a free PFF EDGE annual subscription. That's $40 value. It's, I mean, it's just so worthwhile. So go spend $10, get another 40 for free and enjoy playing the cool prop contests at No House Advantage on the No House Advantage app with promo code EDGE, E-D-G-E. This is the week seven Sunday morning edition of Daily Betting Podcast, PFS Daily Betting Podcast. It's, uh, it's George and Eric, and we're going to get you ready for a sweet little Week 7 Sunday. This is a good week. A lot of good games, a lot of interesting uh, props, a lot of interesting sides, some totals. Um, and here's the best part. Last time, I was thinking back to last week, I was like, I was in a car, I was on a dark highway, I was tired, I was about to hop on a red eye. I'm in a much better mental state right now, so I'm ready to go. That's great. I mean, yeah, I mean, the, you know, college football has gone well most weeks this week. It's a little bit of a barn burner. But that being said, we move on to the this NFL, is not, which is a lot I more fun. I want to hear to nothing about. about college football, especially the Minnesota Golden Gophers. But the problem, you, the issue suffer. you have with college football is that you only bet like one or two games. And so like the whole week's worth of college football depends upon the one game for you. And yes, this Minnesota game has gone pear-shaped no, pretty quickly. No, you're incorrect. I bet a couple of games. I do not care about those bets. That has nothing to do with anything. College football is, if you bet it, you are just asking for your day to be completely ruined if you watch it. Now, if you can bet it and not watch it, I think you can get away with it. But I, I honestly don't know how you do it because I well, like how how do you wake up on Sunday morning? I don't even know. There was a sweet sweet game where I had <laughs> Tulane. They were twenty one and a half point underdog, twenty one point underdogs, and UCF drove for eight minutes in the second half of the game in the fourth quarter, and knelt by the, they got to the one yard line after first down and then kneeled down mercifully. Wow, it was it was probably. You know, as bad as, and you're absolutely correct, as bad as like watching the Indiana Penn State game go over, mm -hmm. it was as nice to watch that. Yeah, that was, that was definitely under game. Okay, we are on to the NFL here. Let's start with some props. Um, I have one that I want to throw out, a couple actually that I want to throw out um, that are in one game, and this is Green Bay Houston. When On Monday morning, we talked about Green Bay. As, was it two and a half or three? I think it was probably three. It's not three and a half. Yeah, three. And um, so I probably won't be playing that. Dave Bakhtiari not playing in that game. But one of my favorite props in the entire world, the quarterback rushing yards over Aaron Rodgers, 10 and a half. 
No David Bakhtiari. Maybe a couple times he's going to have to elude a little pass rush. Scamper on his way down the, down the line. And here's the thing. It's the Aaron Rodgers revenge tour. There's no way that Aaron Rodgers cannot pull out all the stops. So over 10.5 rushing guards. And then secondarily, uh, Devontae Adams. 7.5 receptions. The Houston Texans do not have Jamel Dean or Carlton Davis. Uh, so he eats in this game. I like the over there. Both of those. Uh, let's see. Uh, Adams is plus 110. And Rodgers over is minus 110. You're betting that basically based on the price, right? Mm-hmm. At plus 110 for the... I mean, Rodgers over is also relatively cheap at minus 110, so I don't hate those either. Um, here's one that I kind of like. I'm gonna go to the I'm gonna go to the best game of the week. I feel like, which is Tennessee Pittsburgh. Both quarterbacks have one and a half as their touchdown prop. Ben Roethlisberger to go under that's plus 140. Tannehill to go under that's plus 125. I think this game might play a little lower than maybe some people, you know, sort of are, are guessing. And as such, I like under that one and a half for both players. Wow. That is a bold move. Um, yeah. But I, I don't hate it. Um, here's the thing that I was thinking about for that, that game. The Pittsburgh Steelers defense is getting a ton of love. They've played the second easiest schedule in the NFL. Maybe they're just, you know, they did give up 30 plus almost to um, the Eagles, who are not very good, clearly. Could this be a sneaky over game? So you you clearly disagree with me there. I think there's a chance. Um, well, Titans games have been over games almost the entire time um, with Tannehill as the QB. I I don't mind the over for the full game. I'm thinking about like what these teams like to do in the red zone is hand the ball off, right? So and and I think you know especially when it comes to uh, when it comes to Pittsburgh, I don't see a lot of long touchdowns. And when you look at, you know, Tannehill, like the Steelers defense, I think is a little bit better. So they might be able to like, you know, go 10 to 19 all the time. But as far as like the long touchdown plays, I think you're going to see a little bit of Derrick Henry underneath. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Here's a here's an under uh, that I also like. And that is Mike Davis uh, under four and a half receptions plus 110. Here's the thing. Um, New Orleans, without both of their wide receivers, maybe it's a little harder for them to score. Carolina's a seven-and-a-half-point dog. Maybe it's a little closer. And then uh, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, both very, very good. I think they get um, a decent amount of love. Four-and-a-half, a little high for running back. As much as I love Mike Davis, who's been awesome, uh, plus 110, I will go under. Any last ones there? I, I would just mention check out the PFF prop tool. There's a bunch more that roll in on Sunday morning. Well, any yeah, well, the one I like a lot is Connor under 66 and a half rushing yards plus 105. You know, you have no idea what's going on in the Steelers' backfield. Sure. I talked about this with Boston Scott's under um, with Ben when we did this show before the Thursday night game. Like this is a situation. Anytime I can take a running back under yardage total when I'm fairly certain that a he could reach that under even with a full workload, like he could go 19 carries for 65 yards <laughs> and go under that. Or he can be in a situation, but Boston Scott did that, by the way, on, on Thursday night. Or he could be, like, sort of phased out of the offense for some unknown reason and only get, like, six carries, right? And so that's what that's what I also like in that Tennessee-Pittsburgh game. Uh, I like Connor under. Okie dokie. Um, by the way, we'll talk about more props on the PFF 
live pregame show. That'll start at 11.30. Let's move to the games here. I'm going to kick us off. I'm going to start with one that I don't think we talked enough about on our Wednesday night show, the PFF forecast show. And that is Kansas City-Denver. And this game, so this is an interesting one because it's nine and a half in the Super Contest. And so uh, it's a game that I have in the Super Contest. It's now seven. So I'm not betting seven, obviously. I was nervous about nine and a half because it's, it's Patrick Mahomes. But the total is 44. And to me, that is a very low number for the game to be almost line 10. And then I look at 44 and I go, man, 44 is low. Like, even if the Broncos play that whole, you know, make Kansas City run thing, 44 in the year of our Lord 2020 is incredibly low for the best offense in the NFL and an offense in Denver that is not bad, about average. What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't hate the under at all. Or Sorry, I don't hate the over at all in this particular game. My issue is, is why don't you wait for it a little bit? Like, you know, we, we were in a chat with Silva you know, on Wednesday night. He talked about the over. We were in a, you know, we have a private chat with him where he's still talking about it. And all we've seen is this thing trend under. Why is it trending under? Well, um, you know, it's because we've seen a precipitous dive, you know, in the total, you know, it's 48 on the open. You know, it's all it's done is go down. And the reason for it is the Denver weather. So tomorrow, um, you know, at, well, let's say three o'clock mountain time, we're looking at something like 19 degrees is the forecast, snow and 11 mile per hour wind, right? So now I'm not saying that that's going to influence me and make me bet an under. What I'm saying is, is let it influence a bunch of other people to bet the under and then hammer the over near, near kick. This would be something where you could even get it at 43 and a half, 43 possibly, and probably why we've seen a, a glutton of you know money on the under here. Like that. Um, cool. Uh, take me to another one. Okay, so I'm going to look here. This is a game where I kind of don't know what to do on the side, but I'm pretty sure I know what to do on the total, and that's Atlanta minus two. Total on the game, 55. has basically stayed there all week against the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions, you know, not necessarily healthy when you look at some of their best players. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, Coleman, Aquora, Trufant, all out. Um, you know, Atlanta, you know, has their issues with not only COVID, but also KZ and Denard. Uh, Denard might come back from IR this week, but might not. In any event, you know, if you're a, a you know, if you're a nihilist like me, lay the Falcons. But if you but if you don't want to do that, um, you know, team totals or something, <laughs> I think you both teams should go over the game total. Um, you know, first halves, all that kind of stuff. Like, think about overs in this game because I think that there's not going to be a whole lot in the way uh, of defense uh, in this one. Yeah, I'm very much with you there, especially because, look, taking the Falcons as a short home favorite sounds great because they have they have an offense that showed up last week. But it would be just yeah. like the Falcons. You're excited about it. You're like, man, the Lions don't really play a ton of defense. They don't have a good pass rush. Matt Ryan's going to light this baby up. And then they come out and, like, they run the ball, like, 80% of the time. Somehow they're down 14. I don't know. You can see right. it happening. And then they kind of battle back. So, 55. Yeah, the hard part about that, though, George, is that the, the Falcons haven't been a battle back and get the game over the total team, have they? Like, no. against Green but Bay, nothing, that game went under. Nothing, Carolina, nothing that game went Atlanta. under. 
besides the fact that they continually do what you don't think they will do. In a- yeah, yeah. So you're you're because I'm advocating that if you like Atlanta, the the actual bet is yes, the over because when they play well, the over does okay. When they play like crap, it's they they're not a cheap touchdowns at the end to get the thing over team. Like it's weird. Like how but they also they're relatively were coached good by Dan Quinn. Mm-hmm. That's true. And they've only been coached one week. They are no longer Rocky coached Morris. by Dan Quinn. So I think that uh, that changes some things. By the way, New Orleans down to six and a half. Um, Carolina, very popular pick in a lot of different contests. Most of them were at seven and a half. Um, so that's interesting to note. I, I am not betting Carolina there. Do you have any interest in New Orleans now that that's below seven? Yeah, our numbers are... Uh, bigger than six and a half. I know um, when I was on the Pinnacle podcast, that's a side that Rufus was on too. Also, Andy, who's been on our show. I I can't lay points with with New Orleans when they just don't have any weapons, right? Like, I I can't imagine something more uh, uh, egregious than, you know, let's say New Orleans is down three late in the game and you're praying that like some combination of Taysom Hill and uh, you know Jared Cook's going to get you to the window. Like it's just, I, I like I'm going to lay off this game. If you got it at seven and a half, I think you got a really nice number. If you're you know Carolina seven, not so much six and a half, not so much. Um, you know I, the total even too is like New Orleans plays these kind of under games, and you know so I, this is a game I'm just not really interested in, other than kind of fading the Mike Davis stuff now that it appears that CMC is about to play. Um, all right, here's here's one that I uh, consider myself sharp for, which means that it's going to be a disaster. So prepare your investments accordingly. Last week, I told you that the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to eat Baker Mayfield alive, and they did. Baker Mayfield gets that pick me up that you all hope you get, <laughs> and that is he's he's coming he's coming to us. Uh, he's probably a few blocks away from where I am right now, getting a wonderful night's sleep because he knows he gets to play the Cincinnati Bengals tomorrow. This was six in week two. Now, let's go back to week two. Week two was after the Cleveland Browns got their asses absolutely torched by the Baltimore Ravens, and they were a six-point favorite. Has your opinion of the Cleveland Browns improved or diminished since that point since before week two uh cleveland's gotten better in my mind i'd agree and that is it doesn't matter to me that baker mayfield was terrible against the pittsburgh steelers that to me was understandable but i agree with you their offense i have faith in kevin stefanski to out scheme average to below average team and that is what the cincinnati Bengals are Three is just too short. And um, so I'm, I'm uh, fading them one week, and I'm coming back on them the next week. Um, there's no way this should have moved three, uh, three points. You know, I know that they're playing in a different place, but look, it's the same wonderful state. So yeah. I like the Cleveland Browns minus three. There's also something um, in this game that's a little sneaky that I don't think people are really paying that much attention to, and that's you know, doesn't look like Cincinnati's the most functional bunch in the world. I mean, Carlos Dunlap is throwing up, you know, the the depth chart, uh, you know, 
uh, on Instagram. Um, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, there's just, there's just AJ Green is out here saying, please trade me. The Browns, I think, were, have been a team that's rallied both times that they've gotten their, you know, their, their proverbial ass kicked. And I think that when you look at this game, that's the only side, right? Like, do you really think that Cincinnati, even being at home here, but not really that many fans and not having that great of home field advantage to begin with, because there might be some Cleveland fans coming down um, from the mistake on the lake? Like, do you? I don't think they're right. Like to no me, there's just why there's just no reason to bet the Bengals here, especially because you're not getting the hook. If you got three and a half, sure, okay, maybe, maybe you still have to find a case for it. But at three, the Browns are the only side. Here. Can I just say that I don't think old Cincinnati Bengals players who have been a part of one of the worst franchises in human history pouting on Instagram matters. Like those guys could like I'm sorry that the team wasn't smart enough to trade you when they could have got something for you, and now that you're utterly, utterly worthless to anyone, and they're gonna wait for them to cut you. Like I'm sorry. Yeah, but but it's a as the players that matter in this game are not neither of those two. AJ sure, but AJ I but Green I do looks think like you running routes out there. Oh, I mean, but I'm pretty athletic though, so. Um, the, the my issue is I mean the, they're just not very good like he, <laughs> they're not very good but also like you know there there's there are small edges in football right and the real issue is when there's a doubt when there's doubt creeping in about the coach there there's just the incremental like okay you know you come off on a third and third down uh, three and out you come off on the sideline complaining about the play call you don't come out of the sideline be like okay what did I do wrong right what am I supposed to, you know and that that gets bred in, I feel like, by the veterans that people respect. And Dunlap's been like one of the best defensive ends in the entire, um, you know, in the entire, you know, league for a long time. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and say that Joe Burrow's still going to be okay after a three and out, despite Carlos Dunlap's Instagram shenanigans. But regardless, I like the Browns. Um, all right, take me to another game that you like. Um. Okay, let's go. I mean, I, I still like Jacksonville getting seven and a half against the Chargers. I, I don't think that rookie quarterbacks should be laying this many points. Overall, you are, on a scale of one to ten, how surprised by the way that Justin Herbert has played this far? Seven. Like, I think there's, like, legitimately, there's legitimately things to work off of that I wasn't sure would happen this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, but at the same time, like you're not you're not looking at um, you're not looking at one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You're looking at a guy who's been very encouraging, um, but you're eventually I, th- I feel like going to see some warts here. Um, what do you, what, what do you I, think? I, seven is the perfect number in my opinion. He has a 96 pass rating under pressure. That's uh, above average, and will likely regress. But he has 115 pass rating when clean. He's throwing the ball downfield with a lot of accuracy, and that was something that I, I wasn't—I honestly wasn't expecting. Like his accuracy in the three starts that he's had, um, that he knew about going into the week. So excluding the Kansas City game, he's top ten in the NFL at avoiding uncatchable throws, and yet is pumping the ball down the football field. Um, only Russell Wilson has more touchdowns on on throws twenty plus yards downfield. And if you had told me that was the case, I would have been shocked to shit. Secondarily, he has 
uh, I can't even speak, fewer than 3% of his throws are turnover worthy. Um, and that to me is impressive um, given what we saw out of him in Oregon. So uh, I'm very impressed. That being said, seven and a half is a lot. Uh, Brian Balaga, doubtful. Um, it, Jacksonville, just, man, I, I know that I know that they're not very good, but yeah, but this is, I mean, this is the exact is the place where, where they, you take yeah, a team this like this. This is the spot where they always it's excel. This, if we had an edge on the Jets, I'd say the same thing. It's like by this time, by the time you've given up on a team, might be the time to finally find value. And now, good, thankfully, before I could bet the Jets, a bunch of sharp people bet the Jets, and now the number is something that I don't want to bet. But luckily. The Jaguars, I think, are still haven't been bet down yet. And I think that's – I mean, go back, George. When we had Carolina on the road in L.A. against – I mean, how much better is Carolina than Jacksonville against against L.A.? I mean, they're probably worse. You know, the, the, the Jags are probably worse. But Carolina went in there and won out right, yeah. right? Like, it's just – it's just a fool's errand to be giving more than a touchdown to a rookie quarterback, especially one whose coach is Anthony Lynn. Yes, I think that is I, that should not. The second the Chargers get up in this game, they will begin to pound the rock, and that is when I will feel most confident. Okay, um, we're 20 minutes in, so I have a couple of uh, questions I wanted to ask you. So we've got three. I've got three road favorites, three very good teams: the Packers. Minus three and a half in Houston. The Bucks now minus four and a half against the coronavirus offensive line Raiders. And Seattle now on Sunday night football is minus three and a half against Arizona. Um, rank these in terms of, in order of the road favorite you'd be most likely or willing to bet. Uh, okay. I'm going to go with Green Bay. First, okay. no Bakhtiari. The one, I, yeah, still. Uh, the reason why I think I think Houston's in a complete letdown spot. I think they played extremely well last week, and I think it's going to be difficult for them to put another effort similar to the one they had last week in this week. Right? You're big. one, two, and four. You're a playoff team, possibly. At one and five, you're out of it. Right? Like, there's tons of reasons why they'll, they'll let down here. Packers coming off of a bad loss. I feel like they'll, they'll be fine. Um, after that, I think it's Seattle at Arizona. Arizona's a bigger paper tiger than any of these teams. Um, and then lastly, Tampa Bay. And, and partially because the number is so high. Um, you know, the, the, the Twitter doctor, David Chow, said that that number is going to go back down. I think it's egregious that the idea that like three offensive line, four offensive linemen would be worth two and a half points through the, the three. Um, which which he implied. So, uh, no, I think this move is because people actually like the Bucks, yeah. um, and that uh, you know that's why this number's out to true this four and a half and wild. This number didn't move when that news came out. Also, it stayed there. It moved later on, like a couple day, a day and a half had gone by. Yeah, I mean, people legitimately like the Bucks. I feel like, and that was why you know they ended up on the side they ended up on. Yes. Okay, I'm going to disagree with you ever so slightly. I have the Bucks in last. Uh, there as well because of the number. Also, the Bucks came off of a rather fluky win. They got the pick six against Rodgers. Then they got the interception, which was a drop by Adams. Their offense did not impress me at all. They ran the ball on nine of 12 first downs in the first half to their detriment. Their offense was not explosive. Um, so it, 
I think there's a little bit, there are some warts there, to borrow your phrase, with the Bucks. Um, and then I will say the Packers, and here's the thing, Deshaun Watson is a guy, if I'm comparing he and Kyler Murray, I'm far more worried about Deshaun Watson squeaking through the back door and keeping this a three-point game. Whereas the Seattle Seahawks, coming off of a bye, facing an Arizona Cardinals team after this massively big win on Monday Night Football, which was as fraudulent a win as you will see in the NFL this season. That is what that was. The Arizona Cardinals are not a very good passing football team. And that's what you need to do to keep it close against the Seattle Seahawks. I think the Seahawks, as much as their defense might worry some people, their offense should uh, absolutely roll in this one. So I like the Seahawks there as a three and a half point favorite if I am picking road favorites. All right, last one here that I want to touch base on, and that is New England, San Francisco. New England now a two and a half point favorite, total at 45. What are you thinking here? Uh, I think the number's perfect. Interesting. Okay. I, I think the Niners on a neutral field, even with their injuries, are about as good as New England is right now. Do you... So here are the two things that I'm thinking about. The first is, can... So if San Francisco comes out with the same game plan, now not exactly, you know, not the exact same game plan, but the same theory, which is... Jimmy G throwing the ball down the field is going to be how we lose the game. He is not going to do that. If they employ that offense, do you think that they can keep this game close? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think that's what you have to believe if you believe this is the right number. I, yeah. I'm, I'm not on the, hey, look, New England sucks bandwagon, but... I actually need to see more from New England's offense than I need to see from San Francisco's oh. to be convinced. Wow! That this that that to be convinced of their straights moving forward. I think both of these teams are probably like if you set their win total right now, both of these teams are at eight and a half, and I'm more willing to bet the Niners over. Okay. The New England Patriots, having lost to the Denver Broncos at home. I have to imagine that Bill Belichick pulled out some special stuff. I'm sure he's got special stuff. You yep. know in Space Jam when Jordan's drinking his special stuff? I think, I think Belichick's got some special stuff that he's um, giving the New England Patriots. It probably doesn't taste nearly as good as water. And um, the San Francisco 49ers are going to be feeling pretty good about themselves because they beat the Rams. Yep. And their corners, I thought, were the huge key in that one. Now, here's what I'll say. I would expect the New England Patriots to say to themselves, okay, those corners were good. You have not seen Cam Newton dynamic running back one yet. And um, I, I expect some interesting stuff from the New England Patriots. Le- level with me here, though, because New England had a lot of the same problems that they had a season ago in the passing game, namely um, offensive line issues, receiver issues, and a quarterback that struggled a little bit. Um, whether, you know, Brady, I think, was par- circumstances, but – you know, Newton, I think a little bit more of who he is with accuracy. And as much as New England, you know, patched over and got 12 and 4 and 1, I mean, they, they weren't an impressive team in the second half and they were found out by the time they got in the playoffs. Now, this game is not a playoff game, but I think in terms of the coaching on the other side, this is akin to coaching a playoff game. And so 
as much as I want to believe that Belichick is capable of overcoming a lot of these things, like we have, we have event history that says that he might not be. That's a different team. Yeah, but the same, the, but the, the, the same issues. No, are the same issues against Denver. I'm not overreacting to the Denver game. You, I'm not either. But, but they give weren't Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels any credit. The same way that you give. How many games of the season has New England been an efficient offense? All the other ones. I, I mean, throwing the football not so not against not against the Raiders they weren't, and against Miami was kind of a ho hum effort on offense. Yeah especially throwing the football. I think the one game where they really scared me offensively was against Seattle. And and sure, that, that game exists, but I think we have a lot more other ones where it you know, hasn't been well, necessarily as I will say as, this. I offered to bet you that on this game. You denied it. So I don't know how clear your convictions are. Do you want to take? No. Oh, I'll take I San Francisco. I gave you a chance, and you passed it up. I'll take San Francisco. No, you, go, you, uh, go, Jimmy. You G. had a chance. You did not take it. And... Uh, that you'll have to live with that decision. Um, any others that you like before we say good night? No, this is a great week. I feel like this will be uh, the noon hour will be fun. The, you know, the four o'clock hour will finally be better than last week. Um, uh, real testament to you guys for you know changing games on the fly. <laughs> uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, here's one I'll, I'll leave people with: go over in uh, Washington versus Dallas. Okay. Yeah, forty-five. Um, yeah, it's a, it's egregious. I also think Dallas being an underdog in that game, it's now one point. <laughs> I <laughs> I think that's absurd. I think the Cowboys yeah. are still a better team. This game is being played at 1 p.m., not on Monday night. Andy Dalton will not be a total dumpster fire. And then yep. our lock of the week, Bears plus six Monday night. Okay, we're going to do a little prize pick segment here. So prizepicks.com. You pick between two and four players that are either going to go over or under their fantasy point projection and if you get all of them right uh, you get a certain payout depending on how many players that you pick if you pick four players and you get all four right you can get 10 times your money so it's it's a fun way it's easy way to uh to kind of play props slash fantasy at the same time so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and give uh ours for week seven um the general way that we think about this is trying to correlate the plays as much as possible. So if a game goes a certain way, then it's likely that both these players um, do what we expect them to do. Right. Um, what are you thinking here? Well, yeah, I'm not going to correlate these two in a game. I just think these two guys are going to both rake. Um, so I'm going to go with Terry McLaurin over mm-hmm. 17.8. Trayvon Diggs' nickname is the Slump Buster to me, and McLaurin had a little bit had a, had somewhat of a rough game, um, you know, last week uh, with James Bradbury, who's been probably the best corner in the league. He's not going to face that this week. He'll be fine. He's going to go over seventeen point eight, and I'm going to go with Calvin Ridley over eighteen. Um, you know, Ridley Ridley's somebody who I think when he gets touches, he just ends up doing really well. I know he's banged up a little bit in the second half of last week's game, but he'll I, I I don't see him having an issue with the Detroit secondary. All right. You have one of mine. I think Terry McLaurin one is easy. It's seventeen point eight. Uh, and he plays Dallas and they are not very good at covering people anywhere on the field. Now the second one I had 
a lot of trouble with this. I was going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But Jamal Adams, 15. Aaron Jones is out. Houston, bad. Not very good at stopping anybody. And um, so I'm going over 15. I just think Jamal Adams, Zach, uh, Jamal Williams, sorry, is actually pretty good. And um, we'll get a little more run. And I thought Jamal Adams is versatile, but I didn't know he was playing running back. Right, I know. So that's how late it is. Uh, Jamal Williams, over 15. And Terry McLaurin, over 17.8. If I had any balls, I'd take Alvin Kamara under 24. But I don't. So there you go. Yeah, that one's going to be rough without any of the receivers. Yeah. But you, you, you imagine Murray might get some play. Maybe, maybe. All right, go to prizepicks.com and uh, use promo code PFF. And you actually know it's promo code EDGE, E-D-G-E, and you can get um, a free PFF EDGE annual subscription with a $20 deposit. So go make it happen and enjoy week seven. All right, that's it. Enjoy week seven. Peace out.